Well, are y'all ready for the word? All right. Okay. Well, get your Bibles out and go to Matthew 24. Matthew 24. God is good. I have changed my sermon a little tiny bit for today because I felt like I was getting, you know, we talk so much about what's going on in the world. I don't want to bury you. I don't want you to walk out here and go, I can't stand another sermon on the world again. The last days. Oh my God, we live in the last days. Well, we do live in the last days and it's not as bad as you think it is. And to some people it will be, but to us, amen. Matthew 24, and I'm just going to read through this very quickly, starting with verse 4. He says, take heed that no one deceive you. Many are going to come in my name and say, I'm the Christ, and then deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. I want you to see that you're not troubled. Now, you've got to do that. You're not going to be troubled. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginning of sorrows. And they're going to deliver you to tribulation and kill you and be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And that that many will be offended and betray one another and hate one another. Many false teachers or prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he that endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And the end will come. Go with me now quickly to Isaiah 60. Isaiah 60. We're going to talk about fixing the landmarks of your life. I'm going to read to you an Old Testament scripture that talks very specifically about the day you're in right now. You're in the last days. God knew that you would be alive in this day. God knew that. Don't worry about whether you're equipped. You're more than equipped. You have more than you need to handle the day that you're living in. So Isaiah 60 verse 1, arise and shine for your light has come. Who's he talking to? To you, you and I. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Verse 2, behold, darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people But the Lord will arise over you. His glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They shall gather together and come to you. Your sons will come from afar. Your daughters at your side. And and you shall see and become radiant. Your heart will swell with joy because the abundance of the sea will be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles, that's the sinners, shall come to you. There's going to be a great shifting of finances in the last days for the sake of the gospel. And the multitude of camels will cover your land. Now, I want, you to, I want you to look at this because what he's doing is he is making a differentiation here between the world and the church. Now, in the world, it says darkness shall cover the earth. We have entered a period that is darker than I have ever seen it. The stupids that's going on right now is off the chart. We've got people right now looking at their kids and going, you don't have to be a girl if you don't want to. You can be a boy if you want to be. If you feel like you're a boy today, you're a boy. If you feel like you're a girl, you're a girl tomorrow. People are crazy. They're flat crazy. We've got people voting for the right to not only abort babies, but even in New York, after the baby's born. You can't get any dumber than that. The problem is, is they haven't shown you the end of stupid yet. Now, I don't want to get into this. We're just going to touch it, and then we're going to move on to something really, really good. Right now, there's five states Voting for the right that women no longer have to wear shirts. It's called free the nipple. Now, if you don't think that the teenage boys are going to fall away from God on the beach, they've already taken the, 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 the backside of the pants off. Now they won't. Now, listen, society has gone loopy. Does that bother you that you talk about this in church? You talk about it everywhere else. You might talk about it in church. They're crazy. 
and getting worse. In other words, there's no such thing as a standard. They've rejected God. They've rejected the wisdom of God. And so the Bible says darkness shall cover the earth. Let me go over one more thing real real quick. Back in the days of Hitler... The thing that made the, 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 uh, the, the, world, the Second World War so bad was that the, the Nazis were doing sex changes on people without anesthesia. We thought that was bad. Now we got them doing it in hospitals and voting to be done. You, 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 can't, you can't even drink beer till you're 18, but you can, have your, you can have a sex change anytime you want to. And don't even need to get your parents' permission. The, the world is crazy. Now, I said that because we're, you and I get the, are, are, have the great joy of living in this day. Amen. All right, now I'm going to tell you, you're equipped for it. So, I want you to go to Matthew 16 now. And we're going to start. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think this is fixing to get good. I'm going to show you that Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ is not leaving this earth without showing the world that he's God. Thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. We're not going home until y'all get excited. The church is not going to go in through these days defeated. We are not going to be hiding in caves with ARs and AK-47s worrying about a rogue government coming. Let me tell you something right now. Jesus Christ defeated Satan. He is the master of Satan. And he is the head of the church. And he lives inside of you. And your best days are ahead. And right now you need to understand Satan fears you. He has one fear. There's one group of people in the Bible that the Antichrist does not overcome, and it is the church. That is the reason why God's got to remove the church before anything, before the wrath can be poured out. Because as long as we are here, as long as our prayers are in this planet, as long as the light is here, they're not able to go into the darkness like they want to. The world is unable to pull all of this off. Satan's unable to rule and reign as long as we are around. You need to know who you are. All right, now look at Matthew 16, 18. And I say to you that you are Peter. He didn't make Peter the Pope. And on this rock, the word rock is pebble. Or on this rock, this, the rock he's talking about is the revelation that Jesus is Christ. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. There is not a demon in hell. There's not a devil in hell big enough to overcome the church. Now, you and I have got to get a revelation of who you are and why are you here on this planet. Why did he put his church in the earth? Why are we here during these last days? We're not, we're not trying to get out of here. He wants you to shine. He says, you arise and shine. Now, listen. The, now, I want you to think about this. The head of the church, Jesus Christ, died on the cross and, and took the sin of all mankind and went in the region of the damned and he got born again there. How many demons do you think were trying to hold him down? All of them. Could they? Where is he now? Inside of you. He lives inside of you. You and I are victors. The devil is, knows more about you than you know about you. Bible says you resist him, he will flee from you. He is deathly afraid of the church. Now, buddy, you would think that right now listening to the television that Goliath is all that bad. But David is about to step into the field with one little scripture and take him out. Amen. All right, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. Say, I'm the church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against me. Now, let's read the rest of this, and I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. Who has the keys? You do. If you have a problem, and someone left you a bulldozer, and the keys are in it, 
put the shovel back. You have a bulldozer. You have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead living on the inside of you and he wrecked hell, came out of it, conquered death, hell, and the grave, defeated all the host of hell, and now there's not one Jesus in the earth, there's millions of us in the earth. And don't you think the devil don't know you're here? It's time for him to know we're here. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God. See, I know who I am. I was, I was with Dr. T.L. Osborne down in Byron Hill, Columbia, and he was, we were standing there on the platform with Kevin McNulty, and Kevin got up and preached. And I heard he looked at Kevin. He said, Kevin, when you step on that platform, son, you own this field. You own this field. You go out there and you set every one of them free. And then one time he went to Africa and they said, you don't want that field. They do voodoo in that field. He said, that's the field I want. Bring all the demons of Africa because I want them to listen to me, preach the gospel and tell them T.L. Osborne is here. There's not a devil in hell that's bigger than you. There's not a demon in hell that can take you out if you decide. Now, in a moment, I'm going to show you how to do it. If, you're, if you want to know. If not, we'll just go home. Go to 2 Corinthians 2.14 now. Get ready because I'm fixing to get fired up. I had a lady came to church one time and she said, Is all that you preach true? I said, she said, it sounds too good to be true. I like what Andrew Womack's called too good to be true news. <laughs> Second Corinthians 2.14. Thanks be to God who every once in a while will give you a victory. How often? Always. Always. Every, you mean not win some, lose some? Are y'all serious? How many? Every battle. Boy, I'm going to tell you something. You got to come up to believe that. Every battle you get in. And you're going to get in some battles. I'm going to show you in a minute. If you're born again, you're carrying seed. Did you know that a salmon is a fish with an attitude? Did you know they say a salmon, they have a GPS in them that they, they, they fight to get back to the place of their birth because they're, because they're carrying seed that's for the next generation. It doesn't matter whether, they're up, whether the stream is rough, doesn't matter if the, if the river's raging, it doesn't matter whether they come up on rocks and boulders, they will figure a way up it, around it, they will, if they have to, if they get tired, they'll sit in the pool and rest, and they will jump over everything to get to their destination. That's called faith. What are they carrying? They're carrying seeds. On the side of the, on the banks are grizzlies. The grizzlies are not after the fish. They're after the eggs. I want y'all to know something, that when you have a spirit of faith, and you do, when you're born of God, you have the same spirit of faith that he had. There is nothing this side of heaven can stop you from your destiny. But you must understand you're carrying a divine destiny from God on the inside of you. And Satan's on the side trying to get the eggs out of you. If, you are, if you're on this earth and you're not having any problems, you're not saved. I know people right now that are not Christians. They don't have problems at all. Why would the devil bother them? They're not doing anything. Just living and going to hell. He don't have time. To, he's, got, he's got his hands full with you. So I'm going to read something to you, and I hope you can handle it. You can. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7. 
We have this treasure. What treasure is that? Say the life of God. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is inside of me. Thank you, Catherine. I appreciate you doing that with me. This, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. You're, now, understand something. We all know that you ain't all that. But you got God in you. And he is all that. You've got something the world does not have. Now, understand something. Let me read something to you. Satan is going to do everything in his power to get it. He's going to do everything in his power to stop you. You cannot go through life. We're not ignorant of Satan's devices. You must understand you have an enemy. Don't go through life pretending like you're Ozzie and Harriet. Now, I just lost everybody on the left side over there. Have no idea what I just said. You older people, help when we get out of here now, don't you explain who Ozzie and Harriet, and they came in, they came right after Leave It to Beaver and, and Lassie. <laughs> and they're going, huh? That's funny, isn't it? Verse eight, we are hard pressed on every side. Don't look at me and tell me you're not hard pressed. You're lying. If you're not, then you're not doing anything. If you're living for God, the devil is bothering you. Was Paul living for God? Did he have trouble? Did he overcome it all? Yes. Did Jesus have trouble? Did Moses have trouble? Did David have trouble? You're going to have trouble. But don't be afraid. You've overcome the world. The greater ones living on the inside of you. We'll get into that in a minute. We are hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. I am perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I'm persecuted. Yes, I am, but I'm not forsaken. I've been struck down. Don't tell me you ain't never had no trouble. People look at me one time and say, Pastor, you need to get in the real world. Let me tell you something, honey. I've been in the real world. I have been to hell since I've been saved. I have had the devil throw everything, including the kitchen sink at me. I've had times when, when Josh's car blew up, Justin's car blew up, and someone broke all the windows out of my house, and they tried to take my house from me. The devil tried to kill me with my heart and tried to kill Lisa, and that was just a few of the little things he did that week. <laughs> Look at me and tell me, you just don't know what, you just don't know what I'm going through. I really don't care what you're going through. Don't have y'all ever just laid in the bed and go, I quit. I just, by God, quit. Somebody is on the inside of me. And he's always saying this to me. I'm telling you, I've had days when I thought I ain't even getting out of this bed. I'm telling you, I've had days it's so bad. I mean, the church kicked me out. Forget the world. I mean, the church has actually kicked me out of it before. I've had days when my wife kicked me out and my pastor kicked me out and then I got fired and my job kicked me out and I came home and the dog growled at me. I've had bad days too. Don't look at me and tell me you ain't had no bad days. I've had days when I laid down and wanted to die and go to heaven and somebody on the inside of me goes, don't you lay there and act like there ain't no God. Don't you lay down there in this bed and start acting like the Bible ain't true. You get up out of that bed and you put the word of God back in your mouth. I said you're a man of God. Don't you lay here and act like some old loser. Like the devil's lavish. You get up. Amen. Have y'all ever had that happen to you before? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Whoo. I'm sorry. I'm just a little persecuted. My God, when I got saved, everybody in the family ran me off. Nobody said nothing to me when I was doing drugs. And nobody said nothing to me when I was racing and thrown in jail. But man, when I got Jesus on the inside of me, they wouldn't even invite me to their parties anymore. Scared I was going to bring up the name of Jesus. Embarrassed everybody in the family. 
Hallelujah. Persecuted, but I wasn't forsaken. I've been struck down, but not destroyed. It seems like I'm always carrying around in my body the dying of the Lord Jesus. So the life of Jesus is manifested inside my body. Now, I'm going to read something in a minute. This is going to, I just can't wait to get over here. Verse 12. No, 11. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. Did Paul go through anything? That the life of Jesus will be manifested in our mortal body, our mortal flesh. And, and so then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, as it is written, I believe and therefore I what? Spoke. Now listen to me. You got the same spirit of faith that Jesus has. You got the same spirit of faith Moses had. You got the same spirit of faith that Joshua had. You have been given impregnated with the same spirit of faith. You believe, but therefore you must speak. I said this Wednesday night, and I don't want you to forget this. When, when, whenever, whenever Moses came out of Egypt, God said, strike the rock. And he struck the rock and water came out. And the next time he saw the rock, he said, don't strike it again. Speak to it. And he struck it. And God said, you're not going in the promised land. Don't strike Jesus twice. You quit asking God to heal you. He's already done it. You quit asking him to save you. He's already done it. He's finished his work. He sat down. You want the mountain gone? You speak to it. You got something you need done? Mark eleven twenty three. Whatever you desire. Whatever you desire. Whatever you desire. Are you listening? Whatever you desire. Not what does God desire. What do you desire? What do you desire? What do you desire? You say, well, that's a big mountain. Yeah, but you have in you a big God. You say to the mountain, we have the same spirit of faith and we believe and therefore we speak. Do you understand that God cannot work in the earth apart from his word? He can't. If you want to get saved, you've got to say something. Your voice is your address in the spirit realm. It's how angels get stuff to you. If you're not talking, God ain't moving. Are y'all getting this? Now understand, this is the way God, this is the way the Lord Jesus Christ operated. I've said this before and I know of religious people, it messes them up. It just messes them up. Jesus never prayed for anybody. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He didn't pray for anybody. You can't find it. Yet we do it. What did he do? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went around doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. He said he spoke to them. He set them free. He spoke to disease, spoke to eyes, spoke to the storm. Now he prayed at night. When he came out with among the people, he never prayed. He never, he never prayed. I'm not telling you not to pray. You want to pray? You get on your face and you pray. When you go and you walk out of your house, you want victory? You open your mouth. Because you're a king. Now let's go a little deeper here. Why does it take words to move a mountain? Because a mountain is made out of words. Everything in the earth is made out of words. They have found the smallest particle is not an atom. What is an atom made out of? Quarks. They finally found the smallest particle. It's called cork. What is cork? It's sound. Everything is made out of words. Trees are made out of words. Rocks are made out of words. Disease is made out of words. Well, if you want to change words, you're going to have to put a word in there. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? He said, I have given you the keys to the kingdom. He does not have the keys to the bulldozer. You do. 
That's quiet in this Presbyterian church. There, God was doing voice commands long before Apple. And yet, for a while, we couldn't understand how can that be? Talk, Jesus talked to a tree. Weird. Talk to a storm. Weird. Talk to demons. Weird. Or is he? No, he's not. And he said, you have the same and we believe, and therefore we speak. Until you put the word in your mouth, or should I say, when you put the word in your mouth, you set the boundaries of your life. You set them. Um, let me finish reading this, and I'm going to tell you a story. Verse 14, knowing that he who raised up the Lord will raise up Jesus presenting with you and all of these things for your sake, that grace having spread through many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we don't lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. And let me help y'all old people with something. You're not going to use your faith and stop it. Oh, yes, I am. Oh, no, you're not. Honey, it's going to sag and bag. You're welcome. But if you get full of the life of God, the spirit of God in you can help you preserve that old thing that you're living in until the day you die. You don't have to let it go to pot. But you're going to have to do something on the inside before the guy on the outside. So you can stop going to tuck and tup and nick, nip and tuck. And I don't know what cream some of you ladies are putting on your face trying to get all those wrinkles to go away. I thought you'd like that. All right, now listen to me. I know you didn't like that a bit. Your outward man actually is getting older whether you like it or not. But yet the inward man is renewed every single day. So, I'm only one day old in Jesus. I woke up this morning. His mercies are new every morning. Now, what you are inside will affect the man on the outside, but you got to work on that guy on the inside. Quit worrying about the other guy on the outside to take care of himself. You got to get young inside if you want to start looking young. Or marry a woman like I did 11 years younger than me. She'll keep you young. Chasing Lisa has kept me young. Oh, by the way, I turned 66 yesterday. Lisa took me out last night, and, and I had filet mignon. I like filet mignon. I asked her, can I have another birthday next week? She said, no, you can't. Amen. Amen. But you know, young, someone said young's a state of mind. It actually is. If, if you'll work on the guy on the inside and start establishing your mouth, you can affect that guy. You're not going to stop yourself from dying. I, Copeland said he's going to live till he's 120. That's fine with me. I don't think I want to be here until I'm 120. But that's just me. Uh, never mind. You know, if things keep getting crazy like they are right now, I'm thinking about, <laughs> Justin, why don't you take this thing? All right. Our, now look at this. Our light affliction, Paul said, you have a light affliction. Whatever you're going through, he says, it's nothing, ain't no, no big deal. It's just a light affliction. <laughs> you're thinking it's big, it ain't no big deal. Which is but for a moment, which is, which is for us a far exceeding eternal way to glory. For we're not looking at things that are seen. We're looking at things not seen. Now, let's, let's talk about this now because there are confessions you should say with your mouth. Every day, not just once. Have you ever noticed when you go to Copeland's? And now, now I want you to go to Romans 10, 9. Go to Romans 10. I'm going to show you something. And when you go to Kenneth Copeland's, he's got a sign up that says, Jesus is Lord. Because that's not a confession that you should have said once. I'm not saying you're getting saved over and over. 
I'm saying it's a confession you should keep in your mouth. All right, let's read this. And there's probably a few of you in here that have never been born again. I'm going to show you how to do it right now. You ready? Verse 6. The righteousness of faith talks like this. Don't say in your heart who's going to heaven and get Jesus and bring him down or who's going to go down to the abyss and bring him up from the dead. What does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. The word of faith which we preach. If you would confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. How powerful is that? All right, what's the Greek word saved? Sozo. It means delivers, deliverance and healing. Think about this. If you say with your mouth, I believe Jesus is Lord, you'll be healed. God never told you to heal yourself. He never told you to save yourself. He didn't say save yourself. He said, I did all the work. He said, you're the, I'm the performer, you're the believer. I want you to believe it and then I want you to say it. How many of y'all did that? Did it work? Why'd you quit saying it? Is that the only deliverance you ever needed? Why do you think Kenneth Copeland's always going, Jesus is Lord. The devil needs to hear you say it. You need to hear you say it. Now now listen, maybe I'm the only one in here that's ever had trouble with my mind. Now I know Terry has never. But I've had trouble with my mind. I know Art never has. Josh has. Karen, listen, have y'all ever had trouble? You ever had the devil lie to you? Would you call yourself a Christian? Have you ever felt not saved? Most of the time. Do you think I walk around? I'm not walking by feel. I don't go by I feel. If my feelings aren't right, listen, I change my feelings with my mouth. I I don't care how I feel. I don't ask myself how I feel. I'm not what I feel. It's like the little boy. If you feel like a little boy, you're a little boy. If you feel like a girl, you're a girl. Let me tell you something. You might be a boy whether you feel like you're a boy or not. Ask me. I can help you with that. Get a mirror. We'll show you whether you're a little boy or not. That ain't politically correct. That's. It's crazy we talk about that. Whoever thunk. Let me tell you something. You, 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 your world needs to hear you talk. You're establishing the boundaries of your life. You're establishing it. Oh, I don't feel good. Really? You want me to agree with that? Oh, I don't, I'll tell you what, I don't feel like God loves me. Well, you want me to agree with that? We look at things not seen. We're looking at something we can't see. But we can see it with the eyes of our faith. I'm blessed. I see it right there. Do y'all see this? Why does it not feel real? You're not saying it. I told told this story on a Wednesday night and I'm going to tell it to you now. I've been reading John Wesley because, you know, I read something about him meeting the Moravians on the boat coming over to Georgia and the whole nine yards. John Wesley was going to Georgia because he was an Anglican priest and he was doing deeds in order to be saved. He was not a Christian. But he thought the ultimate deed in order to appease God would be to minister to the Indians. I'm going to give myself as a sacrifice to the American Indian in order to be saved. He didn't get saved. Came over here when the Moravians and saw them on the boat. Storm broke out. Storm broke out. And they're singing. And he was in his his, um, cabin uh, scared out of his mind of dying. Sure he is. He's, He's lost. He's afraid of dying. He's lost. And they're down there singing. So when the storm was over, he came down and says, were you not afraid? They went, of what? Well, of dying. No. Well, how are, how are you so sure? And they told him about justification by faith. Now, he didn't believe that. 
He had a hard time. See, when you're raised in a certain denomination, it's very, very, very difficult to change. If we had a Jehovah Witness in here right now, it'd take us months to get them born again. Because they're so steeped. So he finally got, he finally went, came over here and went back over and he met, he met a Moravian over there. And, and so the guy showed him in the Bible, justification by faith in Jesus alone. He said, I don't believe that. He said, in my heart, I think I do. I see it in the Bible, but I don't believe it. He said, how do I change? He said, preach it till you do believe it. Now this is what he did. And listen to what he did. He went down to the ghetto and he found a sinner dying. And he said, I'm going to try and experiment on him. <laughs> and he opened up and showed him Jesus and got the sinner saved. He wasn't saved himself. <laughs> he saw the guy have an assurance of salvation and it affected him so much. He started preaching salvation by grace alone until he believed it. Yeah. I know that... You say, but I don't believe the Bible. Well, confess it till you do. If it's not real to you, then put it in your mouth until it gets real to you. It's true anyway. Are y'all getting this? I'm doing a better job of preaching. Y'all saying amen. All right. All right. So. So Romans 10, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart he raised in the dead, you'll be saved. Everybody say this. Jesus, Jesus is, Lord. is Lord. Say it again. Come on. Jesus, Jesus is Lord. Tell the devil, Jesus is Lord. What happens inside of you when you say that? You're like, whoa. Your spirit man's jumping around in there going, oh, say it again. Because you're establishing the boundaries of your life. And you're changing them. You're kicking them up a notch. You're going where you've never been before. You can't go there without faith. The salmon can't go upstream without faith. Let's look at another one. Y'all want to look at another one? 2 Corinthians 5.17. Go over there. These are scriptures. These are confessions. You need to say every day, not just one time. If any man, say me, me. is in Christ, I am a new creation. What's past? All the old is past. Old things passed away. Say it. Old things passed away. Say it again. Old things passed away. I'm not, I don't care what disease my mama had. I don't care what disease my daddy had. I don't run in that family anymore. If it was in me when I got in this earth, the day I got saved, it passed away. It's not in me anymore. I'm not that old man anymore. I'm not a sinner anymore. I'm not stupid anymore. I'm not a, a numb nut anymore. It all passed away. It's all gone. And I said, it's gone. It's gone. I go to the doctor and he goes, well, what runs in your family? I said, man, health and healing and the blessings of Abraham. You ought to meet my father. And they go, you're different. And I go, you ain't lying. You ought to meet the rest of my family. I was in the hospital not too long ago with, with um, uh, Jeannie. And the doctor came in and was talking about heart disease. And I said, I had it. And he said, you're lucky. I said, oh, no, I'm not lucky. He said, what pill did they give you? I said, the gospel. He said, no, what did the doctor put you on? I quoted a couple of pills. And he said, the pill did it. And I said, how often does it work? And he said, oh, not often. But it worked for you. I said, did you ever think about the fact that maybe it might be something other than that pill? He said, no, you're lucky. I said, son, I'm not lucky. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. Abraham's blessings are mine by his stripes. I was healed. If I was healed, I am healed and I'm free from sin, poverty, and sickness in Jesus' name. And he goes, well, oh, 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 okay. 
I love doctors. Drive them crazy. They don't have any idea what to do with you if you walk with God. And you are like, amen. I want y'all to see something. I want y'all to understand it's not ever going to be true to you till you say it. You've got, we believe and therefore we speak. Say it. Your, your voice is your address in the spirit realm. Your voice is where the angels know to bring the blessings to. He, the angels got to hear you talk. God's got to hear you talk. The world needs to hear you talk. This is powerful, God. This is not a little. This is not something little. Jesus constantly told people who he was. I'm the bread of life. I'm the resurrection. I'm constantly telling people who I am. I'm a new creation. I'm a man of God. I'm full of God. I'm constantly talking about who I am. Not in the flesh. I don't care who I am in the flesh. You should have seen the mess I was when he found me. My God, what a mess. All right. All right, look, First John 4, 4. We, we, we ain't going home till we go through them. So y'all just call home and tell them to put the butter beans on simmer. You're of God. Say, I'm of God. I have overcome the devil because he who's in me is greater than he that's in the world. Say it. Say it. Say it. Listen to me. Listen to me. I understand you're going to go through trouble. Don't you look at me and start crying because you're in trouble. But you say it when you're in the middle of it. You say, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm, listen, I may be, you may be throwing it at me, but I'm not going down. I'm not going down. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer. And the God in me is greater than the devil of the world. And you can't take me down. Do you understand that? You've got to say it. And doing you any good if you don't say it. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 41.10. Turn over there. Say, no fear here. Say, no fear in me. You know that God did not give you a spirit of fear. You can't produce fear. I was afraid. No, you weren't. Now listen, fear is a spirit. You don't have a demon of fear inside of you. If you feel it, it's because he's near. What are you supposed to do with him? Tell him to leave. Don't ever say I was afraid. That's not true. You may have been tempted to, oh man, I felt fear all over me. Get off me in Jesus' name. No, I don't have a spirit of fear. Don't you yield to that thing. Don't you let him in. Fear not. I'm with you. Say God's with me. Be not dismayed. I'm your God. Say he'll strengthen me. He'll help me. He'll uphold me with his righteous right hand. I'm not afraid of anything. Now, are you understanding? That it works when you say it. You're taking that scripture and you're putting it in a gun and you're going, you're firing it. God, the Bible says God's watching over his word. So what do you think's happening in heaven? He goes, I don't know what's going on in Popka right now, but there's a, somebody down there is quoting the word. Go check out the word. The word, the word. And the devil goes, oh, they're quoting the word. They're quoting the word. He's coming after the word. Amen. And you have to stand. Having done all to stand, you go, no, 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 no. Hey, hey, I've had days when I didn't feel saved. You know what you do? You just start worshiping God. You just start feeling saved. You start worshiping God. You put the word in your mouth. You'll start feeling saved. Not that it changed anything, but if you just want to feel it, then just start worshiping God. If you're not talking, you're losing the battle by default. Jesus talked to devils. I ain't talking about your relatives. Listen. I know some of y'all are thinking, yeah, I got one at home. <laughs> Romans 6.14. Get ready. 
The truth, you'll know the truth. And what does the truth do? It sets you free. See, we're the church. The greatest group of people walking this planet is the church. Man, you don't need to be in, in line at Benny Hens. If you are, don't get in condemnation, but you get out of there and get your Bible out and find out how to become Benny Hinn or Todd White. Now, what you're going to have to do to be Todd White is you're going to quit washing your hair and let it grow. I can't be Todd White. <laughs> I wash mine and ain't got none. <laughs> my wife comes to me and says, what are you doing in there so long? Washing my hair. She goes, no, you're not. <laughs> An hour later, what are you doing now? I said, I'm drying it. She says, no, you're not. <laughs> Lisa, when we go down the road, I said, she goes, I got to dry my hair. She rolls the window down. I roll mine down and go, whoop, roll it up. <laughs> Here we go again. All right, where was I? Romans. I want, you to look, I want you to look at this scripture. Sin shall not have dominion over me. You know what you say when you're smoking dope? Sin will have no dominion over me. Sin has no dominion over me. Now, I'm saying that. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm being funny, but I'm not. If you're having problem with sin... Stop, why, stop, you're, you're in this, oh God, forgive me, oh God, forgive me, oh God. All you're doing, all you're doing is breeding condemnation in you. Why don't you stop and say, sin has no dominion over me. Amen. Right in the middle of hell. Yes. If you're drunk, say, sin has no dominion over me. Beer has no dominion over me. Cigarettes have no dominion over me. Bad attitudes have no dominion over me. That's what it says. It says sin has no dominion over you. You're free from it. Did you know that sin is synonymous with sickness? Sickness has no dominion over me. When's the last time you said that to the devil? When's the last time you said that to your body? Sickness, you have no dominion. When's the last time you said it to your children that were sick? Sickness, you have no dominion here. You're praying. Stop it. Speak to it. Now, I'm going to tell the story now because I got all day. It's my birthday. Well, not really. When Che, how old Che were you in Athens when we, before we moved to Tulsa? Four or five? The, the Georgia flower is poison ivy. It's the state fire. It's everywhere. So we moved into Cathwood Apartments. Che's out in the, in the woods behind the house playing with her friends. She comes in one day. She's covered in this stuff. Her neck, her armpits, her ankles, her feet. She just, you know, if you poured calamine, she'd just be a pink girl. And I mean, that's a big deal. Now to me, I, I couldn't wait to pray because I'm a new believer and I have just found Jesus, and I now have the answer. I'm going to pray. God's going to heal Che. And this is going to be cool. And I prayed for her all day. You know what happened? Nothing. So I thought, well, I didn't pray enough. So I prayed into the night. Same thing. Nothing happened. I'm sitting on the couch, two in the morning. I'm still praying for Che. But I'm not praying anymore. I'm mad at God. I, I finally had it with him. And I told him off. I told him a liar. I told him you lied. You know, what, you know what he said to me? Nothing. He don't have to talk to you when you're mad. And then I humbled myself and I said, please forgive me. I have no idea. I have done everything that I thought was right. And you promised to heal my daughter and you haven't done it. And I don't understand. Now, once I got my attitude straight, he talked to me. And this is the words he said. He said, I never promised to heal your daughter. Now, let me tell you something. That'll screw up a charismatic faith and word person. 
Because we got people in the faith and word camp believing for healing. There's no faith in that. It's quiet in this Baptist church, isn't it? And I, he said, he said, I never promised to heal your daughter. And I had just been healed in a crusade. And I'd, and I'd been watching TV and, and I've seen, I've seen people getting healed. I've heard testimonies, of people being healed. And I said, yes, you did. You promised to heal her. He said, I never promised to heal your daughter. He said, I finished my work and sat down. He said, if you want something done about it, do it yourself. Now understand something. That's, you know why he could talk to me like that? Cause I hadn't been to church yet. Ain't nobody screwed me up yet. I said, what do you mean me? Well, I can't do anything. He said, did I give you my name? I said, yes. He said, did I give you my word? I said, yes. He said, did I give you my anointing? I said, yes. He said, well, then go do something about it. Think about this for a minute, folks. I went upstairs, opened the door, and I said, poison ivy in Jesus' name, die. I'm not praying. What did I say? If you say to this mountain... Be thou removed and cast into sea and shall not doubt in your heart, but believe what you say. You'll have what you what? Say. You have what you say. You have right now. You have right now what you've been saying. That's true. You say, I've been going through hell. That you've been, you have what you've been saying. Uh-huh. You say, well, we broke. You have what you've been saying. Yes. You are today every, a combination of what you've been saying. Not God. He's not running your life. You're running your life. I've given you the keys to the kingdom. You got the keys. If you're walking and the car's at home with the car keys, that's your fault. And that's where the church is. Now don't shout me down. So I went to bed. It's late. Two o'clock in the morning. It's pretty late. Why do girls scream when something good happens? That's a mystery to a man. So the next morning I hear this. Ah! I thought someone was killing her. And I jumped out of bed and ran to the bathroom and she's looking in the mirror going, it's cold, it's cold, it's cold. And her whole body looked like a baby's backside. It was gone. And I went, oh my God, it worked. Now, how do you tell me I'm wrong? How do you come along and go, we don't believe that. I don't care what you believe. Now, now it took Andrew to write a book called You've Already Got It. And the war's over. I wished I'd have written it. But I could have seen, if you have truth, the Holy Ghost teaching truth, he's going to teach me the same thing he taught Andrew, the same thing he taught Brother Hagin, the same thing he taught Smith Wigglesworth. All of these guys that have ever rocked the planet, they preach the same thing. Till Osborne's won more people to the Lord than everybody on the earth combined. And this is how he does it. How's he doing it? He wrote a book on words. Kenyon wrote a book on words. Are y'all out there or did you go home? Well, apparently this must be important. Do you believe the Bible? Then speak it. It's not true till you say so. Let's do another one. I'm I'm in no hurry. It is good. 1 Peter 5, 7. You've been anxious? I cast all my cares on him. He cares for me. Say it. I cast all my cares on him. I don't have a worry in the world. I don't have a care in the world. Boy, I'm going to tell you, you want to get free? I don't have a care in the world. I mean, when the devil's talking to you, what are you going to do about that? What are you going to do about that? What are you going to do about that? I dare you to open it up and go, I don't have a care in the world. He's got it. He's got this. I don't have it. Good night. Good night, devil. Good night. I don't have a care in the world. I'm telling you, you had never been free until you're carefree. And you will feel guilty for acting carefree. Because everybody thinks you're supposed to walk around worried or you just don't care. I'm going to tell you, it makes people upset when you walk up to them and they go, well, so-and-so's sick. And you go, I don't care. I didn't say I don't care about them. I've given, I've prayed and I've given that care to the Lord. Now, let me tell you another story. We got a few more of these and we'll go, I'll get you out of here before supper. <laughs> Kenneth Colvin walks in the hospital and his dad's on in there and he saw, he's going through some major thing. Kenneth laid hands on him, prayed for him, walked out and he's out in the room. He's talking to people. They're laughing. And his, and his mother came out and she was mad at Kenneth. 
How can you be out here laughing and joking at a time like this? He goes, Mom, we prayed. I know we prayed, but your father's laying in there sick. And Kenneth, he did this at the time. I don't know if he'd do it now. He said, Mom, you're killing him with your mouth. I prayed. I believed God. Now cast the care of him on God and quit acting like God didn't answer your prayers. Walking around here wringing your hands and acting like he's dead. And you feel guilty walking around happy when everything else, how dare you act like that? But you'll find out real quick. You're supposed to walk around. (gasps) 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 (gasps)
backpack tore to shreds. Nothing wrong with him. Say, there is a God and we're not him. <laughs> that happened twice. I think Lisa finally got her wish and he got rid of the motorcycle. But anyway, I think it's because we couldn't put it back together after the second time. Nothing. Now, mama's walking around going, nothing shall by any means hurt him. And she says, let's quit tempting God. <laughs> Justin also got bit by a little snake he brought home. His grandfather taught him all about snakes, so he went and found one in the yard. I was on a mission trip and came home, and when I walked in the house, the Holy Spirit inside of me said, uh-uh, don't you touch that thing. I looked at Lisa and I said, uh, can I have this snake? She goes, yeah. I said, I'm going to find out what this thing is. Took it down, cotton mouth moccasin. <laughs> Got home and Lisa said, it bit Justin. And I'm going, well, tell me what happened. She said, we prayed for him. I said, is he all right? She goes, yeah. And I went, thank you, Jesus. I killed it. I didn't say, well, use your faith. Go play with it. <laughs> One day I was going to get, get a snake and bring it in here and just preach and just, and Lisa looked at me and she said, don't you dare. She said, we're trying to get people to come to church, not run out of it and never come back. <laughs> So I didn't do that skit. All right, one more. Romans, Romans 5, 5. Anybody ever have trouble with your love walk? I'm going to give you a scripture. You ready? Just you, Tiffany. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured in my heart by the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you a little secret. You're not going to walk in love until you start saying you're born of love. You've got to confess, I am patient. I am kind. I hardly notice when others see it wrong. You have, listen, folks, put it in your mouth and start establishing it in your life. Is this good? Are y'all, I, I know this sounds like a simple sermon. And it might be simple to you, but th this is life and death, guys. This is what makes, he said, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell. That's you and I, folks. The gates of hell are not allowed to stand against us. Don't let it. This is good, isn't it? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an assignment. Take these scriptures, start putting them in your mouth. Mark Hankins made a statement. He said the most difficult thing he's ever done is to try to get Christians to confess the Bible. Confession means say the same thing. That's all it is. If God said it, it's okay for you to say it. You're not lying. Just say what he said. If he said it, you can say it. When you start saying it is when it becomes true. You didn't get saved hoping you'd be saved. You said I believe he died, I believe he's Lord, and I confess him as Lord, and I'm saved. You, you said it before you had it. Everything else works this way. If you're tired of where you are, change your mouth. You can change the borders of your life. I'm going to tell you one more story. It's my day. When Justin worked at Friday's, I think he made $6 an hour. And I said, Joe, he said, Dad, I need more money. I said, how much you make? He said, $6 an hour. I said, Mark 11, 23 and 24 says, whatever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive it and you'll have it. I said, how much do you make? He said, $6 an hour. And I said, okay, let's read it again. You can have what you say. How much do you make? He said, $6 an hour. And I said, you're not getting it. Finally, he said, oh, I make seven an hour. Well, he got a raise. 
He came back to me and said, it worked. I said, how much do you make? He said, $7 an hour. And I said, you still didn't get it. He goes, I make 10 an hour. It wasn't but a month later, Pentair hired him at $10 an hour. I walked up to him and I said, how much do you make? He said, 11 an hour. (laughs) Folks, I'm going to tell you, Justin, it worked, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it did. I did it. It worked. Folks, Jesus gave you the key. This is not, this is a big deal. Don't let anybody rob you. If you're tired of your life the way it is, you find the scriptures of promise, you put that in your mouth and change the borders of your life. Father God, thank you for this morning. As I turn this over to Lisa, I pray if there's anybody in this room that has never confessed Jesus as Lord, that today they would. They would receive you as the Lord of their life. If there's anybody that needs to be filled with the Holy Ghost or have hands laid on them, they would come up and receive everything you died to give them. Now, I pray over everybody in the sound of my voice right now that's in this room and those listening by internet. Father God, I pray that you would impregnate with them with this, with this. And they would see themselves differently and see their lives changing and realize that they can change what they're going through by the word of God. And I thank you for that, sir. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.